0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Take okay, a minute to share. Today we're gonna to be dealing with something. Oh, let me do this before I before I get going. Um, because it's time sensitive. Um, we've got the e- kids Easter boxes that uh, are available for purchase in the store. People have been get, scooping those up before they run out. If you want to get yours for your kids, um, they need to be ordered before March 24th in order for us to get you uh, your box in time. We've got two different kinds for you to choose from. There's one that has a t-shirt with it. You can choose from like three t-shirts, I believe, on the store and then there's one without the t-shirt uh, with a t-shirt. It's $45 without is $25. Uh, and you can see all the stuff that's in there. We've got uh, water bottles and we got bracelets and we got crafts and candy and sunglasses and all kinds of stuff. Plus the custom Miracle Word Kids box uh, that they can keep to keep all their stuff in. So available right now in the store and uh, grab them before they run out and make sure you do it before March 24th. So we get it to your house. I want you to go with me today to... Um, 1 Samuel chapter seventeen and as you're as you're joining me in the whether you're on your phone tablet or you have your Bible out um, 1 Samuel seventeen you saw in the title we're going to be dealing with um, how to turn your trouble into a testimony and I'm going to give you um, about five things today that'll help you from the story of David and uh, show you how to react anytime there is trouble when trouble comes, what do you do you know one of the things that's important to remember from scripture is that um, it's not unscriptural to be attacked by the enemy. It's scriptural to be attacked, but it's not scriptural to be defeated. And so first thing I would have you uh, put in the comments today, and you've heard me say it before, but I never stopped saying it because of the generation we're living in. People, the way they preach, the way they believe, you'd think that God wants you to lose some battles so that you can... More fully trust in Him. That's not the plan of God, and so I want you to put it in the comments. Uh, It's scriptural to be attacked, but it's unscriptural to be defeated. It's scriptural to be attacked. It's unscriptural to be defeated. And so I want to show you this from the from the Word today. I'm going to give you five things as you react when the devil attacks. Five things as you react that will turn trouble into a testimony. So as you're turning there, 1 Samuel 17, let me say this also, uh, the brand new Miracle Word magazine is getting ready to ship in just a few weeks for the spring edition, and uh, if you have not yet signed up, you'd like to receive it, go to MiracleWord.com, and you can either click the magazine at the top of the homepage, or you can go to MiracleWord.com forward slash live, and you can fill out that form. We'll send it to you absolutely free, but it's getting ready to ship in just a couple of weeks and uh, it's going to bless you. It's going to be good. All right. This is uh, 1 Samuel 17. want to get into this. And you're putting it in the comments. It's scriptural to be attacked, but it's unscriptural to be defeated. It's unscriptural to be defeated. We are not called to be defeated. We're overcomers, the Bible says. We're more than conquerors. We've got the victory. I like to recite that scripture a lot from... 1 Corinthians 15, 57, where Paul wrote, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. He gave us the victory through Jesus Christ. We're not trying to get it, we have it. That's, that's exciting. That's exactly right. We're warriors, not wimps. Warriors, not wimps. And so the key here is to understand We're not fighting for the victory, we're fighting from the victory. Something got in my eye just a second ago. We're not fighting for the victory, we're fighting from the victory. And so in 1 Samuel 17, I wanted to bring this to your attention today. David, who is a man after God's own heart. Hey, Brother Donnie. He's not even a soldier. He's not even in the military he's literally still a shepherd working for his father young man and his father sends him to the battlefield to get a report on his brothers to bring some bread and cheese to the captain of the guard and then to bring that information back to his dad how are my sons doing and he gets out there and the thing is once he gets to the battlefield now I've done a whole message on this I'm not going to teach on it today but it would be worth talking about um his obedience to his father, to do small things, what seems small, put him in position to do big things. And I could teach on that, but there's a principle there. If you're faithful over little, he will make you ruler over much. i want to make sure that's not rubbing. If you're faithful over a little, he'll make you ruler over much. And David was faithful to do the small things to take that bread and cheese out to the battlefield. You know, he was anointed to do greater things than that. He he was not supposed to be UPS for bread and cheese. He was anointed to do bigger things than that. But he was willing, he was humble, to do the small things that his father asked him to do. And if you'll be faithful over the little things, the Bible says God will make you ruler over much. And that's a key for us, is that never... You know, one of the things that um, you've heard for years, and it's an interesting thought in context. But uh, it, it the the phrase is this: um, if you're too big for the small things, then you're too small for the big things. If you're too big to do small things, then you're too small to do big things. And so it's partly speaking to your humility, it's speaking to your faithfulness, uh, and keeping pride out of your life. Well, we know David was living in that moment of obedience. He was looking in that moment of faithfulness. So what happened? His obedience to his father brought him to the battlefield in the moment when Goliath was taunting Israel. Hey, AJ, Goliath was taunting Israel. And so we're, there we are in uh, 1 Samuel 17, and uh, I'll start reading it to you. But one of the things that you'll see immediately is that David heard the taunts of Goliath. David heard the taunts of Goliath. One of the things that happened immediately, and I want this to happen to you, I want, because this is number one that I'm going to give you of the five today. Number one of the five. I want this to be your story as well, is that when he heard the taunts of Goliath, he became... Extremely offended. Think about that, and I want you to read it in the comments. Number one, become or just say get get quickly offended, get quickly offended at the at the attack or at the what we would say the uh, as the as the enemy is trespassing on your covenant, as he is literally trying to breach your covenant. Get offended quickly. Get offended quickly. Get quickly offended. That's number one. And that's what David did. And I'm not talking about get offended at other people. Well, obviously we know we're not supposed to be offended with people. I'm talking about be offended at the attack. Let your faith get offended. Who does the devil think he is trying to put this on my family, trying to put this on my body? It's good to see Pastor Rhonda Spencer. Love you. That's right, put it in the comments. Get quickly offended. Who does the devil think he is trying to put this stuff on my body, trying to put this stuff in my family? I'm a child of God. I've got a covenant with Jesus Christ. Who does the devil think he is? And that's the way you gotta be. And David, who was not even a soldier, he wasn't even in the military He was visiting the battlefield to drop off gifts and then ears. Now, part of what I believe that caused him to react this way is that David had such a love for God that he could not stand to hear this giant talk that way about the God that he loved so much. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. So he couldn't stand listening to Goliath. And one of the things that you'll, um, you'll see in this passage is that when he hears it, he asks a question. <laughs> I love it. What question does he ask? He says this, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Now, that's an interesting question. That's an interesting breakdown there. I want to point to why he was saying that. Who is this? Why did he call him an uncircumcised Philistine? What was he? What did that have to do with anything? He was pointing out the fact that Goliath had no covenant with God. Goliath had no covenant with God. He was making a distinction. We are covenant people. These Philistines have no covenant with God. What business? do they have defying the armies of the living God? Who do they think they are? Who do they think they're talking to? He pointed that out because it's important. Who does this anti-God, and in this generation, anti-Christ, man think he is defying the armies of God? Foolishness. And that's why he didn't have any fear, is because he knew who he was, he knew who his God was, and he knew who the giant was. That's important. He knew who he was, he knew who his God was, and he knew who the giant was. I'm a covenant son, my God is the only true and living God, this man is a pagan with an anti-God mindset and no covenant with the Most High God. And so what did he do? He got offended at his taunts. And that's exactly how we need to be. Get quickly offended. You know, I like the way my wife teaches this. She'll talk about even with sickness. And she'll say, don't wait until there's some big attack against your life to get your faith working. Don't wait until there's this big, you know, uh, whatever it might be, so, And you can put anything in there that you want to. Don't wait until, you know, it's uh, severe blood pressure problems or, you know, type 2 diabetes or cancer. Or don't wait until it's, don't wait until you are like in the ICU to get your faith working. And my wife has taught this for years now. And she said, you have to allow yourself to get offended at even the smallest thing, even the smallest thing that tries to come against your covenant. Even a cold even something that others would say, well, that's not a big deal. We can, we can deal with that. Even something small that tries to breach your covenant. Get offended and don't allow that thing to have a place in your life. See, because in the same way it works in faithfulness, it works in faith. If you're faithful over the little. Well, how are we going to ever get victory over the big things if we can't get victory over the small things? There's my friend, brother Kevin Dalton, love you. How are we going to get victory over the big things if we can't exercise authority and get victory over the small things? And so here's the thing. You can't, you, everybody has to start somewhere. Amen. Everybody has to start somewhere. You've got to exercise your faith somewhere. Might as well be now, might as well be today, might as well be with this. And look at this. People got mad at David. Well, you're just a boy. What are you doing talking about this? You're not supposed to even be here. And they started getting offended at him because of the way he was asking questions about the giant. And then the king, I love this. The king tried to manipulate the way that he would deal with the giant. Oh no, wear my armor. Take my stuff. He said, I've not tested those things. So let me give you number two. Number one, get quickly offended. Very important. See, because until you develop that mindset, there's no action that will be taken. Until you develop that mindset, who does the devil think he is? Then you'll not take action. Let me tell you one of the most dangerous things that we could have in our generation. It's this thought process that, well, that's just how life is. Here's people who talk to you like that. That's just how life is. You know, you got to learn how to, uh, you got to just learn how to deal with it. You got to learn how to live with it. No, that isn't how life is. Not for the victory tribe, not for those that are the faithful. We don't just take what comes down the pike. We don't just live as a, well, that's just what goes on in life. No, get offended at it. And then number two, put it in the comments, pick up your weapon. That's number two. How do you turn trouble into a testimony? How do you turn trouble into a testimony? Number one, you get offended at it. Number two, you pick up your weapon. That's, and and that word your should be emphasized. Your weapon. Pick up your weapon. What do I mean by that? Well, look what Saul tried to do with David. Use my weapon. Use my armor. Use my. He said, No, I can't use what's yours. I've got to use what God gave me. You see that? I've not tested that. I don't know about that. I have to use what God gave me. Notice that David goes back to his sling and stones, he goes back to what God anointed him to do, what God put in his hand. He went back to previous victories. Oh, King, I don't know if you understand this, but there was a time when I was in the sheepfold and a lion came in and I overcame that lion. A bear came in, I overcame that bear. And he said, In the same way that God delivered them into my hand, God will deliver this giant into my hand as well. But he said, I can't use what's yours. I got to use my weapon. So, what is your weapon? Well, the Bible says, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. 2 Corinthians ten four, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. So you can't use natural weapons to fight the devil. You can't fight the devil with a gun. You can't fight him with a knife. You've got to use supernatural weapons for a supernatural fight. So the question is, and for David, it was a sling and it was stones, but for us, you know what it is. It is the word of God. The Bible tells us, and Paul was teaching about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter six. And what does he say? And take up the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of God. You see that? Take up the sword of the Spirit. This is a sword. This is a sword. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pick up your weapon. Hallelujah. Pick up your weapon and start swinging this around. Start quoting this. Start declaring this. You see, start declaring it pick up your weapon so the word of god you know it, it blows my mind how often people will talk to everybody else when they have a problem except god <laughs> they'll they'll talk to people on facebook they'll talk to their family members they'll consult with doctors and specialists now, all these different things they'll say a bunch of different things and they won't talk to god this is the weapon. The word of God is the weapon. It's the weapon. So what do you do? You take the word of God and you find scriptures. This, I can't emphasize this enough. I cannot emphasize this enough. That when you have an attack come against your life, see, within the word of God is everything you need. Everything. 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 There's nothing that's uh, that you'll ever need as a Christian that's not found in the word of God. Nothing, nothing. I love how uh, Timothy got his letter from Paul. It was the last letter Paul ever wrote. And we read this often. But the Bible says that all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training for righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. And so when you have this, you're complete and equipped. I want you to write it in the comments. I am complete and equipped through the word. That's something you need to never forget. Put that in the comments. I am complete and equipped through the word. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm complete and equipped through the word. And what you do is this, that anytime. time you have an attack come against your life. The first thing you should do, very first thing, is that you should find scriptures that deal with that very issue. And if you gotta print them out, print them out. If you gotta highlight them 16 times, highlight them. If you gotta confess them, confess them. But stand on that word. What kind of word are we talking about? Well, if there's a sickness that's come against your body, you need to find scriptures on healing and you need to stand on those scriptures. If there's an attack that's come against your mind, depression, anxiety, panic, suicidal thoughts, you need to find scriptures that promise you the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the love of God, and then you need to confess though, you need to stand on those daily. It's like I remember when uh, our Administrator Jenna, who's on our team, when she was getting uh, negative reports from the doctor about the fact that you know she'd never be able to carry and have children, she'd had miscarriages, all that, all these different things. Um, God had me give a word in Georgia, prophetic word, and she received it that by this time next year, she'd hold her testimonies in her hand And then what, you know what she did? And I love this. We've printed it in the magazine. We've had her give the testimony on the broadcast. The next thing she did was she went through the word. And you know what she asked the Lord to do? She said, Lord, show me in the word every woman who could not have babies, but then you supernaturally opened up their womb and let them have children as a testimony. And the Lord directed her through, thank you Elizabeth, the Lord directed her through the scripture and showed her these women that could not have babies, that their wombs were opened up. And look at that, A.J. giving his testimony, so thankful for Jenna standing in faith. Her testimony helped carry Laura and I. And there it is, we got to see their miracle baby just, what, about a month ago. Hallelujah. And it just continues to, uh, to happen. But understand what she did. Once she found these things in the word, Jenna, she printed them off and started putting them up around her house, posting them on the wall, you know, mirror in the bathroom, whatever, refrigerator, putting them up. Why? To keep that in front of her face, to keep it in front of her eyes. That my promise is, there'll be no miscarriage in your land, that you'll have children, that you'll be fruitful, that you'll multiply. And then said, Lord, if you did it for her, and if you did it for her, and if you did it for her, and if you did it for her, you'll do it for me. Hallelujah. So what do you do? You find verses of scripture that allow you to stand on something that deals with what you're going through. And that shows God, I believe your word is true. And by the way, once again, this word is the highest force in all of the universe. Psalm 138 and verse 2. Lord, you have magnified your word above your name. Glory to God. Above your name. And that's the key. And so, number two, we pick up our weapon. Pick up your weapon. And your weapon is the word of God. Your, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. The word of God has the power built within it to pull down strongholds. It'll pull down strongholds in your life, in your mind, in your body, in your relationships. It'll pull them down and totally obliterate them. The word of God is a destructive force as well as a constructive force. Many people don't know that. Many people don't know that. The word of God is constructive and destructive. Glory to God. Put that in the comments those of you that are watching cuz that'll that'll change your way of thinking. The word of God is constructive and destructive. It doesn't just build things up, it tears some things down. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Well, you know Jesus, I'll give you some scripture for that. You know Jesus was the word made flesh. John chapter 1 I'm so caught up in John chapter one right now, I can't hardly get out, just to be honest with you. And and I'm not even kidding when I say this. Some of you might laugh at me. I was was going through this again this morning. I'm telling you, not just John chapter one, I can't get out of the first verse. I'm so serious. I can't get out of the first verse. I might release a book this year that's just about John 1.1. I'm not even joking. It's so in my spirit, there's so much in one verse I'm, I'm totally honest with you. I might release a book this year that's just John one. 1. That's how much I'm getting out of one verse and I can't, it, it just doesn't stop. And it would be helpful because in that one verse about Jesus, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. In that one verse, John is setting the stage for an entire theology about Jesus in one verse. He sets the whole stage and there's so much. And now that we're in the Greek, because we're doing Greek now, and now that we're doing all of that, there's even so much more that has jumped out of John 1.1. And I'm telling you, I'm thinking before this year comes to an end, there's going to be a book out just about John 1.1. I'm not even kidding. He's like, can you write a book about one verse of scripture? <laughs> yes, you can. You can't exhaust the word of God. It's so powerful, and there's so much in it. You can't exhaust it. You cannot exhaust it. You, you wait till you see some of this stuff. It'll make you run around your house. I'm not even joking you. It'll make you run around your house. But the Word is constructive and destructive. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. So Jesus is the Word made flesh. But if you read 1 John 3, 8, the Bible says that the Son of God was manifested. For what purpose? That He might destroy. Thank you, Lord that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the word made flesh came to the earth to destroy the works of the devil. Glory to God. He didn't just come to build you up. He came to tear things down. (laughs) And so the word of God, it's not just constructive, it's destructive. Do you know that this word will kill cancer cells? This word will drive out depression. This word will kill suicidal thoughts. This word is destructive. It destroys the things that shouldn't be in your life. Glory to God. This word will destroy the things that shouldn't be in your life. I love, um, for example, if we were to turn over to Hebrews, Chapter 4, here's a verse of Scripture that'll stir you up. Uh, Hebrews 4 and verse 12, listen to this. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word can cut right in. You know, the Word of God can do like a supernatural surgery on your life, like a like a divine scalpel. It can cut out the things that don't need to be there and then add into you the things that need to be there by the power of God. It's the Word, and the Word is so powerful, it will destroy what's wrong, and then it'll add to you what's right. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost on that. So catch it Now. Number one, get quickly offended at the attacks of the devil. Number two, pick up your weapon. Pick up your weapon. And then let me give you number three. Number three, the, th- the third thing we see in the life of David here from the story of David and Goliath, he didn't just get offended at the words of the giant. That's number one. He didn't just pick up his weapon, a sling and five stones. But then he ran at his trouble. Run at your trouble. That's number three. Run at your trouble. Run at it. Toward it. Run toward it. One of the biggest mistakes that we can make as believers is avoiding the issues that have come against our lives. People try to do that. They try to sweep them under the rug. They try to ignore them. They try to act like they're not there. They try to, no, you know, they they get in denial about it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Faith does not ignore reality. Faith deals with reality. That's what we need to understand as believers. Faith does not ignore reality. It deals with reality. So faith doesn't say The cancer's not there. The cancer's not there. Faith declares, okay, I I see the diagnosis, but now I speak to those cancer cells and I command them to shrivel and die and pass from my body in the mighty name of Jesus. You see it. Faith isn't ignoring reality. It's dealing with it. It's dealing with it. And so you have to run at your trouble. You run at it. Amen. Makes me think of that old country colloquialism. It's not... It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. You know, when I played basketball in our little town in West Virginia, just a small little town, uh, you know, nobody ever thought we'd do what we did and go all the way to the state capitol and win the state championship playing against the big capital teams. And we were just a small little school, small little town. And we didn't even really have anybody uh, you know, you look at some of the starters we had on the team, and they were just, it's not like they were, some of them, you know, they didn't go on to D1 schools, they didn't go on to the NBA, they were just hustlers, they were just hustlers, and they, one of the things that so uh, stirred me up about it, is that they never stopped hustling, it's like these guys, they may not be able to outshoot you, they may not be able to, out- they'll out-hustle you though. They'll out hustle you. They'll outrun you. They'll keep going hard. When everybody else is tired, they'll still go. They don't stop. They're like the energizer bunny. They keep on going and going and going and going. They don't care. Just we just kept going. We just out-hustled everybody. We out hustled everybody. You weren't going to outrun us. You weren't going to outplay us. And, and we looked at that and, and understanding there were teams that should have beat us many times over, many times over. But we just kept on going and kept on going. We wore them down and down and down and down and down until they couldn't take us anymore. We beat them. We beat every last one of them. And we ended up being the state champions. And it was, it was unbelievable. People couldn't believe it. We, we actually won the game by a last-minute buzzer beater shot under the bucket. We were down by one and suck a, sunk a bucket underneath to win the whole state championship in front of 16,000 people. The place went insane in the last minute. Well, this was the capital. We played the team. The actual name of the team was Capital. Capital High School. We They should have beat us many times. The, the guy that I would have had to guard there, uh, what would it, he have been? He had a, a D1 scholarship to play any of the three sports he wanted. He could have played baseball at a D1 school, football, or basketball at a D1 school. You talk about guys that were straight talented. These guys were unbelievable. They should have taken us out. But we didn't care. We didn't care that we were the small school from the middle of nowhere. We didn't care. We just out-hustled Everybody, everybody, because it doesn't matter your size. And look at David. See, because Goliath was looking at the size of David, thinking, how can he win? David was looking at the size of his God and asking, how can I lose? You see the difference? Man looks on the outward. God looks on the heart. God knew what was inside David. You see that. David, you know, it's amazing because it even came out of Goliath's mouth. Am I a dog that you send out this young boy to fight with me? Goliath looks at David's size and thinks, how can he win? But David looks at God's size and thinks, how can I lose? Because you know what? David... He had a revelation of something that Paul wrote later in the New Testament. If God be for you, tell me who can be against you. So what did he do? He ran out toward his trouble. Ran out toward his trouble. Bible tells us so in 1 Samuel 17. He ran out toward his trouble. He approached, in fact, if you read the way the story goes down, David approached Goliath first. And then Goliath approached him. Hallelujah. He didn't wait until Goliath came to him. He went at Goliath. I want to show it to you. The Bible says, um, let me go in here. Uh, What verse are we looking at? Let's go on to the next page. The Bible says, me go all the way down to the bottom. Saul's trying to talk him out of it. <laughs> Look at this. Verse 41. No, verse 40. Look at this. After he picked up smooth stones from the brook, put them in his shepherd's pouch, his sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. That's verse 40 of 1 Samuel 17. After he picked up his weapon and he had his sling in his hand, stones in his pouch, he (laughs) moved toward the Philistine. (laughs) When you move at a giant, you, you, you better, let me just tell you something. If you're willing to, if you're willing to run toward a giant, you know you've got stones in your pouch. And David did. David did five smooth stones (laughs) with a sling in his hand and he ran, moved toward the giant. And look at that. And afterwards, the giant approached him. Love you, Kevin Palmer. It's great to see you too. You got to run at your trouble. Don't avoid it. Don't avoid it. Don't try to sweep it under the rug. Don't try to say it's not there. Run at it. Well, here's a question because people always want um, people always want to ask the question. Well, what does that mean practically? You know, how do I apply that word to my life? I'll tell you how to apply it. I'll tell you exactly how to apply it. About running at your trouble is that faith is not a feeling. Faith is an action. Faith without works is dead. So faith always has accompanying actions. Faith always has accompanying actions. For example, let me show you how you run at your trouble uh, with certain situations. What if sickness comes on you? How would you run at your trouble if sickness attacks your body? Well, the Bible tells us how to run at it. James chapter 5 and verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call For the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Now, you're never going to approach the elders of the church and ask them to pray for you and anoint you with oil if you don't believe God's a healer. You won't take that action. Notice it doesn't say that the elders are supposed to come find you and pray for you. It said, if you're sick, you need to approach the elders and ask them to lay hands on you and anoint you with oil. Why? It's your faith that's making you move. It's your faith that's making you pursue God's system of healing. What are you doing? You're running at that thing. You're not sitting at home saying, well, I don't really think I have it. I don't really think I have it. I just, if I ignore it long enough, it'll go away. No, it's saying by faith, yeah, Devil's trying to attack my body with sickness. How do I take a faith action on this? Besides just speaking, I'm going to do what the Bible says. And I'm going to approach the elders of the church, ask them to lay their hands on me, anoint me with oil, and pray the prayer of faith. That's running at your problem. Running at your trouble. Not saying, well, it's not there. I'm going to stay home. It'll pass. It's just a... No. Deal with it. Take those actions of faith. Take those steps of faith and watch as God does what he said he would do, hallelujah. Well, what do you do if you, um, what do you do if you have chronic depression? How do you run at that trouble? What do you do if you're dealing with anxiety and depression? Well, I'll tell you exactly what to do. I'll tell you exactly what to do. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, in God's presence is fullness of joy. Well, here's the question. If there's fullness of joy in his presence, how do you get in his presence? The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise God, you are transported directly into his presence. Directly. So I tell you this, the quickest way to destroy depression, anxiety, panic attacks, suicide, just start praising God wildly. Yeah, just go, start going after it. If you want to run at your trouble, start giving God praise. Get into his presence, and then fullness of joy comes. I know people, they don't like to hear this. I've been vilified in some circles for talking like this because I won't sit around talking about how depression's a chemical imbalance in the brain. And it's a spiritual issue that needs to be dealt with spiritually. It might manifest. They might be able to test you and manifest a a chemical imbalance in the brain, but that's a side effect. That's not the cause. The Bible tells us what the cause is a spirit of heaviness. And you can break it with the garment of praise. He said, I will give unto them a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You see that? And so you deal with it spiritually. And when I make statements like this, people don't like it, but I'm going to say it again anyway. When somebody tells me that I've been in depression for five years, that means literally according to scripture you've been out of his presence for 5 years. Because how you can't be in fullness of joy and in fullness of depression at the same time. It's one or the other. And if you've not been in fullness of joy, it means you've not been in his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. And I know people don't want to hear that because we want to hear that it's you know it's not us it's it's the thing No. Take actions by faith that will cause you to take hold of the promises of God. We run at the trouble, not from the trouble. Glory to God. So number one, get offended. Get quickly offended at the trouble. Number two, pick up your weapon, the word of God. Stand on that scripture. Number three, run at your trouble. Run at your trouble. Let me give you number four. I love this one. Number four, start talking trash. Start talking trash. Start talking trash at your enemy. Start talking trash at the problem. You see that? That's it, Nathan, and that's exactly what I was just describing. That's how you run at depression. That's how you run at it. You start praising God. You start giving Him glory and praise until you have now entered into the fullness of His presence where there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Number four, put it in the comments. Start talking trash. What do I mean by that? David did that. He didn't just talk a big talk. He walked a big walk, but he was willing to talk trash to this giant. You know, people probably think, don't make him any more mad. He's already mad. Don't make him more mad. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to take you out. You little punk. And look at this. I want to show you this. When we get down to this, the first, the, the the Philistine, Goliath, he starts trying to talk trash to David. And I love how David is, he cuts him off. I mean, he literally, he's like, You think you got a big mouth? Watch and see what's gonna happen. Verse 43. And the Philistine, Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed you. Look what he said: Come to me, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air, to the beasts of the field. <laughs> And then David said, now this is going to make you laugh, but David had faith. He said, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, Israel, whom you have defied. Now look at this verse 46, this day, today, today, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Number three was run at your trouble. Number four, start talking trash. He said, today I will strike you down and cut off your head. That's quite a statement of faith because David had no sword. (laughs) He said that, with no sword on his belt. In fact, it's interesting because when you you go on further, one of the very interesting uh, scriptures that you'll see was verse 50. Look at verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, and there was no sword in the hand of David. That's verse 50. And there was no sword in the hand of David. (laughs) And he's up there talking trash. Today I'm going to strike you down and cut your head off. And there was no sword in the hand of David. So what's he doing? Talking trash by faith. Talking trash by faith. Glory to God. Today. See, notice what David's pointing out here. You've come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord, the only true and living God the God of Israel, whom you have defied. Bad move, sucker. Bad move. Wrong move. So number four, you start talking trash. Your confession is everything. Mm. Your confession is everything. Talk what the, and say what the Bible says. Verse, uh, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat its fruits. Hmm. There's power in your mouth. There was a man of God named Charles Caps. He wrote a book called There's a Miracle in Your Mouth. There's a Miracle in your mouth. Do you realize? You're not, Pierre's asking the question, how do you respond to people that says don't tempt God while you see it as faith? First of all, I don't let other people define my theology. And secondly, you're not tempting God to activate his own promises that he wrote in his word. If he gave it to us and it's in his written word, you're not tempting him, you're standing in faith. Tempting God is when you start trying to make him do something that he never said he would do. For example. Uh, when Jesus answered the devil back in the wilderness, uh, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, what was the devil trying to make him do? He said, well, you know, and then he quoted scripture out of context, Psalm 91. He said, cast yourself off of this high place, for it's written that he won't even let his angels let you dash your foot against a stone. He was trying to get Jesus to commit suicide, jump off of a high place, a high point, and he would, so he would kill himself. And Jesus said, no, for it's written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Well, what, do you, what does that mean? And see, there's, there's nut jobs in the, in the body of Christ writing blog articles last year in 2020 as to why we can't confess Psalm 91 over our life because Jesus rebuked Satan for confessing it. No, he rebuked Satan for using it out of context. You know, when we stand and believe God for healing and protection, that's actually in the covenant package. Jesus took stripes upon his back so that we could be healed. That's not a lack of wisdom to believe him for healing and protection. But notice what I'm not going to do with my covenant. I'm not going to go to the top of the empire state building and jump off and say, thank you, God. You know, that's not why we have covenant protection, to cast ourselves off of buildings. What do you think you are, Spider-Man? Ridiculous. We can't use Psalm 91 because Jesus rebuked. you got to read the Bible in context and know what it's saying. And when he said, don't tempt the Lord your God, that's trying to make God do things he never promised he would do. And that truly is not not using wisdom. But it's not a lack of wisdom to believe God's word. Absolutely not. And so we're talking trash. We're confessing what God's Word already says. Why? Because there's power in your mouth. You ought to say this. I'm anointed to bring down giants. My weapon fills my hand. The Word fills my mouth. And victory fills my future. Glory to God. My weapon fills my hand. The Word fills my mouth. Victory fills my future. My weapon fills my hand, the word fills my mouth, victory fills my future. Hallelujah. You ought to put that in. Thank you, Jesus. My weapon fills my hand, the word fills my mouth, and victory fills my future. In Jesus' name. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Start talking trash. Start confessing what the word of God says. The apostles said it. We believe, therefore we speak. That's it, Kelly. My weapon fills my hand. The word fills my mouth. Victory fills my future. We believe, therefore we speak. You're going to speak what you believe, so you ought to believe the word of God. I'm not going to believe CNBC, CNN. I'm not going to believe Fox News. I'm not going to believe, I'm not, that's not my source of truth. That's not my source that fills me with strength. I believe God's word above all else, and that's what's in my heart, and that's what's going to come out of me when I'm squeezed. It's going to be God's word. I believe, and therefore, I speak. Glory to God. My weapon fills my hand. My victory Fills my future because the word fills my mouth. Fill the Holy Ghost on that. Number one, once again, get offended at the trouble. Number two, pick up your weapon. Number three, run at your trouble. Number four, start talking trash. Let me give you number five before we pray. Praise wildly. Wildly, you know what's interesting? If you go to the 46th verse of uh, 1 Samuel 17, the Bible says, I love how David said it. This day, now listen to this very carefully. Now, this is how smart David was about this. He said, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. Now look at why that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Oh, hallelujah! Woo! I'm going to do all that. I'm going to kill you, I'm kill all your friends, kill your whole army, feed them to the birds of the air. so that all may know that there's a God in Israel. Now see, human nature, when you've got a victory that's going to be this big, this big, human nature would want to literally take the accompanying glory of that victory, not David. David understood that God gets all the glory for what's about to happen. And see, that's why God said, he, he's a man after my own heart. He gave God all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And David knew before it was even done, before the stone came out of the sling, before the sword came out of Goliath's sheath, before the head came off of the giant, God said, when, David said, when it all happens, everybody will know. Notice he didn't say, everybody will know that David's a great warrior. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. Everybody will know that out of the house of Jesse has come a champion. He didn't say that. He said, everyone will know that there's a God in Israel. That means he was giving God praise before the thing even happened. And that's true maturity in the spirit when you can praise God for the answer before the thing has even happened yet. (laughs) Glory to God. You can give God praise before the thing has even happened. And that's what we ought to do is that as we're being attacked, as attack may come against you, whatever it is, trouble may try to come, but what do you do? You get offended at the trouble. You pick up your weapon. You run at the trouble, you start talking trash by confession, and then you start praising God ahead of time that you've got the victory, that this thing will not take you out. There's people watching me on the broadcast today that you already should multiple times have been taken out by the enemy, but you're still here. (laughs) The devil tried to kill you, tried to destroy your family, tried to destroy your mind, tried to destroy your ministry, tried to destroy your business, tried to destroy your children, but he could not do it. And if that's you, you ought to put it in all caps in the comments. I'm still here. Hallelujah. I'm still here. You can't kill me. Devil can't take me out. I'm still here here. Hallelujah. Look at that. People putting it in the comments. Can't take me out. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. If I'm not dead, I'm not done. I'm I'm still here. I'm still here. That's it. Put it in the comments and you ought to give God thanks that although you should have been dead, you should have been destroyed, you should have been taken out. The power of God is upon your life and you're still here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still here. I'm telling you, if you're thankful for it, you ought to put it in the comments and give God all the glory. It's only Him that could have done it. It's only God that could have done it. Only the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm still here. I'm watching you. I'm looking at it. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Glory to God. I'm giving God praise with you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still here. I'm still here. Look at it. It's coming through one after the other. I'm still here. I'm still here. That's it. Thank you, Lord. Should be dead, but I'm still here. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Rhonda Spencer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Brittany. I feel it. I'm still here. Pamela. Lisa. Emmy. Maria. Looks like we got people with testimonies. Marie in the Bronx, I'm still here. Thank you, Jesus. Rose, I'm telling you, that's the kind of God we serve. He's a God that will protect you. He's a God that will heal you. He's a God that will deliver you. He's a God that will set you free. Look, he's turned my mourning into dancing. Turned my sorrows into joy. Turned my darkness into light. People are writing it in the comments. I'm still here. Glory to God. I'm still here. Kevin Palmer, I'm still here. And I'm just telling you, the best days aren't behind us. The best days are ahead of us. <laughs> you start getting that feeling in you, like that, that fight of faith that's on the inside of your spirit, you feel like fighting. You don't wake up discouraged. You don't wake up tired. You don't wake up, wake up ready to quit. You've got to fight in your spirit. Fight the good fight of faith. I joke around sometimes, if you've ever been to like a state fair or a carnival, You know, they got that whack-a-mole game where the mole keeps sticking his head up the different holes. you got the mallet. You keep slamming the head of the mole down. I feel like that in the morning. You wake up and you're you're just sitting there thinking, I wish he would stick his head up one more time today because I feel like smacking it down by the power of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) The word was made flesh, dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, and he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I mean, you ought to thank him today. He's good. And his mercy endures forever. I feel victory right now. I feel the anointing to pray for you, so I'm gonna pray right now. I'm gonna pray right now. Because I'm telling you, there's miracles available for you right this moment. Those of you listening to me on the podcast, those of you watching live, those of you watching the replay, receive this. Because there are miracles available for God's people. And I feel the anointing to release it now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for your people that are watching and listening. I take authority over this trouble, whatever the devil has tried to send to destroy them, destroy their minds, their families, their lives, their businesses, their ministries. I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I command it to loose its grip, loose its hold. And from this day forward, we declare freedom is coming upon God's people. Now, I take authority today over sickness and a spirit of infirmity that's tried to come on the people of God. We've had multiple prayer requests come up in the comments section. Please pray for me. I'm battling in my body sickness. I take authority over that sickness today in Jesus' name. Command it to go. I lose healing virtue to every person watching me. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Those of you watching that you said, I'm battling depression, I'm running at my depression, I'm running at my depression. I take authority over heaviness, that spirit of heaviness, that spirit of fear that would try to bring anxiety and panic and suicidal thoughts. I rebuke it today in Jesus' name. Be made whole by the power of God. I lose peace. I lose joy and love, perfect love, which casts out all fear in Jesus' mighty name. Receive miracles by the power of God. Lord, for those that are believing for their families to be touched by your power, saved, relationships mended and restored, marriages healed, touch them today, Lord. Let that be their story. We give you glory for that. We give you praise for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Jesus' wonderful name. And we shout aloud, Amen. If you believe it, put some amens up, put some fire up, throw some hands up in the comment section. If you're standing with me and you believe and you receive that prayer, Somebody shout aloud, amen. Listen, shout it in your workplace. Scare the person in the cubicle next to you. <laughs> I can see it happening. People spilling their coffee as you shout aloud, hallelujah. <laughs> the manager comes over, please keep it down. Yeah, We're going to have to ask you to finish those TPS reports. Oh, man, hallelujah. I feel victory today. I'm telling you, telling you, God's moving. We're we're living in the best days that ever were. Best days that ever were. The disciples wish they could have lived today to see what God's doing and to have the opportunities that we have. You're anointed. God's put his anointing upon your life. I thank God for you. That's why I call you the victory tribe. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're not a victim. You're victorious. That's who you are. It's your identity. The devil can't take that from you. That's who you are. It's not who you identify as, it's who you are. Glory to God. Woo! Some of y'all can feel the same thing I'm feeling right now in the Holy Ghost. Victory is in the house. I said, Victory is in the house. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, Tracy said, I'm jumping for joy. Keeps getting better and bolder. Amen, Luenda. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Elizabeth said, it's hot in here. I feel the heat. (laughs) Glory to God, Jordan Work, my friend. That's right. You're not a victim. You're victorious. And I thank God for you. Let me just tell you something. I thank God for you. I thank God that he placed you on the earth for this time, for these final moments of time. I thank God that he ordained you to be here at this time. It means a lot to have you here. You're, a, you're filled with purpose, filled with power, and I'm just telling you right now, God's got big things planned for you and your family. Don't ever doubt that, and don't let the devil lie you out of it. You're anointed to accomplish your purpose, amen. And we're getting the gospel out together. Thank you, Lord. I didn't get to say this because I wasn't uh, live yesterday. We had my father and I were back on together. But I want to give you a testimony because um, one of the things that just took place, if you didn't know, of course, we were already airing in the States here in Florida. We were already airing in in all the islands of the Caribbean. But now, uh, as of Sunday night that just passed, Sunday night, the 14th, we just launched all over Africa and the UK. And uh, I was kind of waiting on Sunday night as I was getting ready to come to the service. Watching my phone because I can see when people get saved uh, right on my phone. I can see when they get saved and follow up with us. So I was just waiting because I knew that our the time change, you know, it was like what? It was like 5.30 here. We started at 6. And so over there it would have been 10.30, which is when our program airs in, in Africa. 10.30 p.m. Central Africa time, and um, and so I was waiting to see, and, and salvation started coming through, and then I saw the first one ever from Africa came from Nigeria, and uh, someone got saved, and I was on the way to church. I was waiting to just see, and we had a bunch of people on that first week uh, contact us from the continent of Africa, tons of different nations in Africa that were coming through on my phone, and so I'm just telling you right now, the gospel's going out uh, throughout the world, literally, it's not just the 39 million lives that are in the Caribbean, and now we're on in uh, 80 million homes in Africa, another 18 million in the UK. It's just been supernatural, and Pakistan and Philippines, and uh, God just keeps opening the doors, and I thank God. You're a part of that. You're a part of what's, what God's doing around the world, and so at the end of this broadcast today, I'm going to encourage you to sow a seed by faith. It's extremely exciting. To see what God's doing, we just finished last week filming all of the video and audio courses for the discipleship program, the Next Steps program for the new believers, and so that's uh, now we're going to instantly be able to disciple people around the world uh, within two clicks. I mean, literally two clicks, and they're locked right in and growing in faith growing in wisdom, growing in anointing. And uh, it's, it's the Lord gave us that idea. We did it. It's out the door. We're getting ready to see people changed with that. I, I talked to, pray, to um, the Walter House family from Feed the Hungry, who we support, and they were saying even that uh, Feed the Hungry would like to use this discipleship program where they go around the world. And, of course, now I have uh, pastors that are friends of ours, that are contacting me, that they want to use it for their churches with new believers. So it's just exciting, man. God's opening the doors, and you're a part of it. And so you can see it on your screen. There's a graphic shows you how you can sow a seed today. Of course, you can always go to miracleword.com. And on the website, you can always sow uh, via debit card, credit card. And then all of the ways to sow are listed there on the website as well. But you can use Cash App if you're in the United States. You can use Venmo. Um, You can use Zelle if you'd like to do a Zelle transfer. It's the same email as PayPal. Info at MiracleWord.com. Info at MiracleWord.com. Wherever you are in the world, you can use PayPal. Uh, If you're on Facebook or Twitter, you can use hashtag donate in the comments section. Can't do that on YouTube, but you can on Facebook and you can on Twitter. I'm just saying thank you because it's it's blowing my mind what God's doing so quickly. I told you what the Lord said fall of last year. We're going to run in 2021. We're going to run in 2021, and that's exactly what's taking place. We're running. We haven't even finished the first quarter of the year yet, and we're running by the power of the Holy Ghost. And it's just getting better and better and better. Expect the same for yourself and for your family, for your ministry, for your business, because God's doing it so I want to say thanks. Now, listen, I want to ask you to pray and consider partnering on a monthly basis with me and with Carolyn with Miracle Word Ministries because we've got a vision to touch the world by the power of God. My prayer, I have asked. Thank you, Jordan. I love you, buddy, for sowing a seed. Um, I'd love you even if you didn't. Thank you, Kathy. Um, I want to say this because I'm believing God before Jesus comes, that we will impact this world with the gospel. Now, I've asked the Lord as a prayer that he would connect for the first stage a thousand people, a thousand people that would stand with us at $85 a month or more. And we've had a lot of people added to the ministry that are doing that, but I want you to pray and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Eighty-five a month, hundred a month, two hundred a month. We have people giving four and five hundred dollars a month. What is it that the Lord would have you to do? And I want you to prayerfully consider that because this is life or death for people. It's life or death for people. The gospel is a life-giving message, and there's people on their way to hell. And what we're doing together is opening up the door so they can hear the gospel and be in heaven with God for eternity. This is something that you can never put a price tag on. How much, how much would you pay? I want you to think about this. What if you had a child who was not saved, but there was a way to put a dollar amount on salvation? How much money would you pay to have your child not go to hell? And think about that for a moment. How much money would you pay to have your child not go to hell? So you can see there's no dollar amount that you would put on salvation or on a life. Lives are priceless. Jesus shed his priceless blood to purchase us. And so I'm just telling you, the work's got to be done. Jesus is coming soon. And so we got to get busy. I love you. And thank you for sowing. Again, all that information is on the screen. Here's the deal. We're going to bless you this month of March with this book by Brother Hagin entitled, The Will of God in Prayer for everybody that is partnering with us and standing with us to to uh, believe God for this generation to be touched. All you gotta do to receive it if you've sown is go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. Fill out the form, we'll get you the book. It's our way of saying thank you. Of course, you know what we do for those that are sowing $1,000 or more. We're gonna include along with that the Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible, New Living Translation. It'll bless you, one of my favorite study resources. Thanks for hanging with me today. Now, tonight. We're live again. We're here in Crawfordsville, Indiana. Uh, Legacy Church, 7 o'clock p.m. We're live on all platforms. We'd love to have you in the services. Uh, you can get all the details at MiracleWord.com. Tonight and tomorrow, 7 p.m. And then starting Sunday, we'll be in Lakeside Assembly of God in Shelby Township, Michigan. Through the whole week, Carolyn and I ministering together. Love you guys, hope to see you soon. I'll see you again tonight and tomorrow morning on the broadcast again. I love you. God bless you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.